We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. You're basically telling me that the universe could end tomorrow, <laughs> right? Um, it's very unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because it didn't end yesterday, and so the possibility that the laws of physics won't change is small. Yes, exactly. Hi, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. And this is Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. The entire godforsaken universe and everything in it. That's right. Even the parts we can't see. Even the parts we will never see. We're going to explain them all to you. Today on the program, the end of the universe. How will the universe end? Will it end? What's it going to be like? And what should you order in order to prepare? Should we have a spoiler alert at the top of the episode? Well, uh, do you know the fate of the universe? <laughs> I'm curious to hear. You have me at the edge of my seat now, Jorge. Spoil it for me. I'm desperate to know. How will the universe end? Mostly I just have internet rumors. I think, uh, you know, some plot points have leaked. <laughs> well, you know, the internet is always right. It's a sort of <laughs> wisdom of the crowd thing, right? So uh, this is an interesting question. So, uh, Daniel, assuming that we survive the next couple of years... Why is this an important question? Why is it an important question? Why do we want to know how the universe ends? Well, you had me just a minute ago on the edge of my seat because I thought you were going to tell me the answer. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a basic human curiosity. You know, there's this desire to understand where we came from, why we're here, how this all works, what's the point of existence, basically what's the context. And I think people want to know how the universe is going to end because it's part of that framing. You know, it's like as interesting as knowing how the universe began. 
Yeah. Or like how you're going to die. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're going to die, or if you're going to get uploaded to the cloud or <laughs> downloaded into a robot or... I'm actually talking to you from the cloud, Daniel. <laughs> well, you're talking to a robot. So, ha ha, yes. gotcha. <laughs> I think that there's the sort of the large scale human curiosity answer, like, mm-hmm. you know, what is the answer to life, the universe and everything? Mm-hmm. And then there's also the short term, like, are we going to survive the next couple of years? Are our kids going to have a place to live? You know, why do we care about the environment? Why do we care about human uh, survival of human society? Because we want to be around. So when you say we, you mean like us as a species? No, I mean we as in me and my direct genetic offspring. And oh, that's I see, it. I see. No, nobody else matters. Yep. <laughs> you can cut off all of the other parts of the evolutionary tree. <laughs> that's right. Well, this is a a deep question. And as usual, we went out and asked people how they thought the universe would end. And here's what people on the street had to say. How do you think the universe is going to end? I've heard a lot of theories about this. The sun reaches the end of its life cycle. And like us just combusting in this huge ball of fire. The universe. Yeah, a whole shebang. Um, well, doesn't the Big Bang eventually predict that it will, the universe will collapse upon itself? I feel like it's going to end up collapsing on itself. Basically, sort of just like snuffing out the light in this sort of way. Take everything in using force action in order to be able to pull into a different dimension that we don't know of. All right, well, first, I like how people were not very optimistic. Like nobody said, <laughs> the universe is going to end? I thought it was going to go on forever <laughs> in this amazing uh, uh, state of uh, euphoria. No, everyone's like... I don't think we're going to survive the next 10 years. Yeah, or we're going to get swallowed by the sun or something. Yeah, Yeah. everybody had a pretty dark view of the future. But I thought it was fascinating. I had a little bit of trouble getting people to actually answer the question or maybe to hear the Mm. question. Most of the people, if you notice, answer the question, what's going to be the fate of the earth? Or or humans. If I pushed them, I reminded them, I said, no, 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 the whole universe. Then they would maybe think as far as the solar system. But I think very few people have thought about the universe as a whole coming to an end. Maybe nobody even imagines that's a possibility. That it would end or that it would even kind of matter to the human species, right? Like maybe we're just this tiny little blip in the history of the universe. Yeah, absolutely. I think people are not very confident that humanity is going to last a long time. But I suspect that there's this underlying confidence that the universe is going to be here forever. I mean, think about how big it is, how vast, how much stuff there is. Like, how would you even get rid of it all, you know? If your job, Jorge, was to end the universe, Uh that would take a long time, right? Going around hoovering up all these stars and planets (laughs) that have been created. And throwing it in a a trash compactor or something. (laughs) Uh, Otherwise known as a black hole, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to think about the universe even ending. Like you said, it's like it's so vast, it's so huge. What would it even mean for it to end? You know, like it's a get thrown out somewhere. Does it explode? Does it turn into something else? Like if it turns yeah. into something else, isn't it still the universe? That's right. And it's a perfect reflection of the other really deep question, which is how did the universe begin, right? Mm. You ask these questions, what would it mean for the universe to end? What would it be after that? It's the same as asking what came before the universe started. How did it begin? But we think now that the universe did have a beginning, right? It has an age, right? right. It started a certain moment 14 billion years ago. The Big Bang. In the Big Bang. It's actually pretty natural to think that it might also have an end point, right? I mean, it had a starting point. Why not an end point? If it could go from nothing to something. Yeah, everything that has a beginning has an end. Yeah, except for things that haven't ended, but yes. Oh, Um, yeah. 
such as the universe and uh, this podcast, which is you know still going on. So you think it's more um, natural to think of, since the universe, we think, had a beginning, the Big Bang, you think it's natural that it might have an end? Like it can't just be an open-ended thing. It could be, but it also could be something that has a finite life. I mean, it had a specific beginning, so it could also have a specific end. And what happens after that? Well, it just be, could be something else we don't really call the universe because it's so alien and different. The way before the universe began, we think of there being no space and no time. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there was something, you know, inflatons or pre-inflationary matter or whatever, but not anything recognizable, not anything that followed the laws of physics as we know them or uh, anything that um, would make any sense to us. I mean, what does it even mean to not have any space or time, right? Right, right. And it's also amazing that we can even consider this question, right? Like we are standing here 14 billion years after the Big Bang, and possibly the end of the universe is not for another like trillion years. But we, like here in this moment in time, can think about and look around us and be like, all right, this is where things are headed. Yeah, yeah. And I love that feeling. Like we don't know if we're... Um, halfway through the lifetime of the universe or mm. like one one trillionth of the way through the universe. I see. I mean, imagine if we had been, if there was life, you know, 100,000 years after the universe began in that hot plasma. Mm. They would figure, wow, look, the universe is pretty old. It's already 100,000 years old, right? right? But, you know, the, so much was left to happen. They didn't <laughs> even have stars or planets or black holes or anything exciting, right? Maybe we're still in those first initial blips, just the first slice of time, and most of the history of the universe is deep ahead of us. It could go mm. on for 10 to the 1,000 years. Like we could be in the universe's prepubescent years. Like this is the awkward tween years. <laughs> or it could be the birth. <laughs> Physicists in a trillion years could classify this whole part as the Big Bang. They're like, oh, that oh. was just, you know, the first part of the Big Bang and the second part of the Big Bang and then the last dregs of the Big Bang right. before we really got started. Like this is the Empire Strikes Back of the Big Bang trilogy. <laughs> so yeah, so we could be like, at, uh, this could be like just the universe getting started or it could be like maybe the fading years. Like this is, this is it, like we've plateaued. Or it could be like um, we are on the, the decline of the universe. So I think we figured it out. We need to know whether the universe will end so that we know whether it should have a midlife crisis, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to miss your midlife crisis, yeah. your opportunity to drive fast cars and... Uh, yeah. Buy some, uh, buy some new galaxies, maybe. <laughs> That's right. Those galaxies are way too young for you, universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> So we don't know where we are in the lifetime of the universe. Like we could be at the, the, the youth or we could be in the middle age of the universe. We don't know. Um, so what, what, right. I guess, what do we know from looking around us about the lifetime or the age of the universe? Well, basically nothing. Um, no. Basically nothing. We have no concrete evidence that the universe will ever end. Huh. I mean, as far as we know. But we're extrapolating from, as you say, a very small amount of information. Only 14 billion years of history. And now we're trying to extrapolate into billions and trillions and gazillions of years, right? Mm. So currently we know, and if you listen to our podcast episode about dark energy, you know that the universe is expanding and that that expansion is accelerating. So things are moving away from each other. And every year that movement happens faster and faster. So things are spreading out, right? Yeah, the universe is getting bigger and things are getting more spacious. Yeah. So we have to think carefully about what we mean for the universe to end. For a while, people thought the universe's expansion might stop and slow down. And it might even be that there was enough gravity to pull everything back in to collapse it back into a dot, sort of the way the universe started. Right. There's sort of a nice symmetry there. Yeah. 
The big crunch. Yeah, the big crunch. And in theories where you have a big bang and then expansion and then a big crunch, which starts another big bang, Mm -hmm. you don't think of that big crunch as a big crunch. You call it the big bounce because it's sort of like the universe has these cycles. We have bang and crunch and bang and crunch. And so it's more like a bunch of bounces where the universe expands and contracts. It's kind of like when when you're like hyperventilating and you grab a paper bag and you're like breathing into it and out of it, into it and out of it. That's kind of like the view of the universe, right? Like it's expanding and then it collapses. Expands, collapses. That's right. Exactly. And there you get into some semantic distinctions. Like if the universe expands and then collapses back down to a singularity or something really small and dense again, is that really the end of the universe and the start of a new universe? Or is it really just, you know, another cycle in the lifetime of the universe? In which case, the universe could have been going on forever, bouncing and bouncing and bouncing along merrily as we we live and breathe, you know? Or, Or it could be that between bounces, it could be very different. It's like the same energy would be the same energy, but maybe not the same particles, right? Because like when they get compressed that small, they just kind of turn into pure energy. And then then when it expands again, it becomes other particles, right? Yeah, if you're like naming this electron, then an individual electron named Fred no longer uh, exists in the next yeah. universe. Fred E. <laughs> Fred E, exactly. Right. And uh, it's anti-particle, anti-Freddy. <laughs> and um, just like pasta and anti-pasta. But uh, the energy is, of course, the same. And so and even the rules of physics would probably be the same. So it's not like you'd get a dramatically different universe. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, the quantum fluctuations in those blobs could give you all sorts of weird things and right. a weird different structure in, in future universes. So yeah. that's one possibility, is that the expansion could turn around and crunch. I have so many questions for you. But before we dive in, let's take a short break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place 
full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities, but it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Before we only knew about gravity and stars and matter, and we assumed that uh, gravity at some point is just going to bring everything. Because if you put a bunch of like um, dust particles out in space, it, gravity will pull them together, right? That's right. Gravity is really weak, but it's got a lot of time. And so eventually it'll gather it all together and crunch it down into a planet or an asteroid or a star or a black hole, depending on how much stuff mm. there is. And that's what people thought. People thought like like all those, all those stars and galaxies eventually would slow down and get pulled together into this one ginormous black hole thing point. Yeah. That was one idea people had. And then, you know, we discovered dark energy. We discovered that the universe is expanding faster and faster every year right now. Right. So then for a long time, this idea of a big crunch was crossed off the list. But I think prematurely. Oh, you mean like, uh, so we we discovered dark energy, meaning that there's some kind of energy permeating the whole universe that's making it expand faster and faster. And so we said, um, the, the, it's not going to crunch back in, guys. Like this dark energy is a big deal. It's pushing everything further away, faster and faster. We're never going to come back together again. Yeah, that was sort of the new prevailing wisdom as of about 20 years ago. But uh -huh. I think that's premature. Right. Because, because we don't know. Like, we don't know what dark energy is. We don't know how it works. We don't know what it's going to do in the future. We do know that it has some time dependence. Like, it turned on 5 billion years ago. Wow. Is it going to keep going? Is it going to accelerate more? Is it going to stop? I mean, to e extrapolate from the last few billion years into the next trillion requires mm -hmm. a lot of confidence. And we can't do that extrapolation. Like dark energy could flame out or something, right? Or flip. Yeah, flip, exactly. It could turn around and make a massive crunch. It might even like bring everything back together or something. Yeah, nobody can predict what it's going to do because we don't understand it at all. We're just watching it happen. Dark energy is the observation that the universe expansion is accelerating recently. But it's not really a solid prediction of what's going to happen. So most wow. of the prevailing wisdom these days about the future universe assumes dark energy is going to continue. But there's right. no guarantee there. And, you know, there could be new things in waiting in the future for us. Dark energy only came around 5 billion years ago. There could be like a darker energy that comes on in 5 more billion years. And, uh, and it totally drowns out dark energy and dominates it, right? Darker energy. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. And then the sequel, the, the, the third part of the trilogy, darkest energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 50 shades of the universe. 50 shades of dark energy. Exactly. That's the erotic version of this uh, trilogy. <laughs> so what are the like what are the scenarios that sci uh, physicists are considering if dark energy doesn't change? Yeah, so if dark energy doesn't change, then it continues pulling the universe apart, meaning creating new space between us and other galaxies mm. and doing that faster and faster every year. So this scenario is sometimes called the big rip. 
because essentially it feels like somebody's taking the universe, something, shouldn't uh-huh. anthropomorphize, something is taking the universe and pushing it apart, ripping it to shreds. Things get farther and farther apart every year. And if you look up in the night sky, things start to disappear because they move outside of our observable horizon. Whoa. And so things get further and further in space apart. Whoa. Now, is that is that like the same franchise, like the Big Rip? The Big Crunch, the Big Bang, is it all like copyrighted by physicists? That's right, yeah. It's all owned by the same agent somewhere in Hollywood uh, who we now have to pay royalties to um, if we want to option this. Yeah, exactly. And there's lots of uh, fascinating scenarios there. Mm -hmm. You know, if things just continue to spread out, then things get more and more dilute, right? And things, Mm. um, things, because everything gets further and further apart. Mm -hmm. And then you can just sort of let the laws of physics play out. And like, what's going to happen to our galaxy, for example? Well, we know that um, in a few billion years, our galaxy is probably going to collide with a nearby galaxy, Andromeda. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be less dramatic than it sounds because it's mostly just going to mean the star shifting around a little bit. And, you know, we might get some new asteroids passing through our solar system, but galaxies are mostly really diffuse, right? They don't, uh, when, when they hit each other, they don't, the stars don't actually collide and smash into each other and create enormous cosmic explosions. Oh. But they, they sort of affect each other, right? Like we might get a giant star flying near us and disrupt our whole orbit, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's like if two whirlpools join. If you ever see that happen in a pool, they sort of join and merge and their combined spin forms one new spinning blob. Mm. And so for the individual stars, you know, they might get a little disrupted here and there, and in some cases, maybe by a lot in, in, in rare circumstances. Um, but mostly we just form a big combined galaxy. But, you know, then fast forward another few zillion years and eventually the stars burn out, right? So at some point, if we keep fast forwarding, the stars are going to snuff out. Like they're just going to become embers and then eventually just kind of like hot stones and then just rocks. Then just rocks, yeah. And we've already gone through several cycles. I mean, the first stars that were in the universe are no longer around. We can't even see their light. No kidding. Um, There's several cycles of stars that have already happened. The first stars were all hydrogen and they formed and they burned and they imploded and they exploded, right? Mm-hmm. And then those materials gathered together, make new stars. And that's happened, I'm not sure how many times, but several times. We're in several cycles deep, which is why we have such interesting atoms like gold and heavy stuff lying around, right? So wait, aren't there new stars being formed right now out of hydrogen? None of, but none of them are hydrogen stars. There are still new stars being formed, but there's being formed out of a mix of hydrogen and heavier stuff. So like stars 1.0, nobody knows what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I think recently people found some light they think comes from the first stars, but it's still it's still very preliminary stuff. Mm. Yeah, so the stars get heavier and heavier, and eventually you run out of stuff that burns, and then the universe goes dark, right? Then it's just like the, the era of stars is over. And wow. it could be that the era of stars is just like a little blip in the history of the universe, and then it goes on for like another gazillion years before anything interesting of happens. Of complete right? darkness. Of complete darkness. Or other yeah. things that bred burn, right? Aren't, aren't there like quasars and black holes and those emit radiation and light? Yeah, some of them emit some sort of radiation, but nothing as powerful as stars. Wow. So what we're facing is a pretty dark time, you know? This could be like the only bright period in the universe. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, and the way I think about the very early universe is this hot plasma. That only lasted a brief period of time, you know, three or four hundred thousand years, and then it mm-hmm. was over. And from the point of view of that hot plasma, the universe now is very dark and quiet and cold. Oh, I But we could be looking forward to another period, which is even darker, even quieter, even colder, right? Wow. It's just these rocks floating around. Bumping into each other in the dark. Yeah. 
And then black holes take over. What do you mean take over? Like things just keep bumping into each other in the dark and forming black holes. Yeah, because eventually gravity coalesces these things together. Um, and, you know, we're talking about two different forces at the same time. Dark energy is pulling galaxies apart. But we think probably gravity has enough power to locally hold a clump of stuff together. Mm. Right? So dark energy can't rip a black hole apart, for example, or rip a star apart. It has enough energy to push a way between things, but probably not to shred those things themselves. So a gravitationally bound group of matter will probably survive even though dark energy is pushing it away from things. Right. And it'll gather together and form a black hole. But this is still the same fate that we would get if you didn't have dark energy, right? Like eventually the stars would also go out and things would form into black holes. It's kind of like what happens after that that depends on dark energy. Yeah, that's right. Dark energy just tells you essentially how closely grouped these things are. Mm. Are we going to do this all by ourselves and all the other galaxies are going to be invisibly far away? Or are we going to be able to watch the same thing happen to Andromeda that's happening to us? Mm. That's sort of the question. But yeah, you're right. On a local scale, I think it's going to be the same. Uh, one scenario is that you know black holes take over and then we have a period of the universe where it's just basically only black holes. Only black holes, nothing in between. Yeah, or, you know, 99% black holes. Wow. Um, and that that makes a lot of sense to me, you know? Like, what happens when gravity pushes stuff together? Eventually, it gets dense enough to form black holes. And so, give gravity enough time and it'll get that done. Right. But the problem is black holes, these black holes are going to eventually evaporate, right? Yeah, black holes do not last forever. As powerful as they are, at some point, they, like, disappear, yeah, they evaporate because they have energy to them and everything that has energy gives off radiation, even black holes. And if you're wondering, how can a black hole give off radiation? You know, think about a little particle that's living right at the edge of the event horizon of the black mm -hmm. hole. These particles can split into two other particles, you know, sometimes just briefly. And this happens all the time. Uh, a photon that's flying through the air in front of you splits into an electron and a positron and then back into a photon. But if that happens right at the edge of the black hole, then um, one of them can get sucked into the black hole and one of them can escape. And that's what's mm. called Hawking radiation. So, yeah, they can lose energy by radiating these particles one at a time. Just at the surface of the uh, event horizon, right? Yeah, exactly, at the surface of the event horizon. And then things get really uncertain. Meaning, so if we have these black holes, they, they're evaporating at the surface, and so they get smaller and smaller, or less massive and less massive, and then... But that radiation that gets emitted out, where does that go? Doesn't that keep bouncing around the universe? Yeah, and it can get grabbed up by other black holes or it can form new black holes or, you know, do other interesting stuff. Or, you know, if black holes have shredded enough matter, then maybe you can start to get enough simple matter around that you can make hydrogen and maybe even make another star or two. Um, this is where things get really speculative because the time, we don't understand black holes very well. You know, mm. our understanding of black holes is very primitive. And so like speculating about how long they live and what's and what happens to that radiation, how much radiation there is exactly, this is all still very theoretical. Okay. Um, and so then other theoretical questions start to come in, like how stable is matter itself? You know, one question we don't know the answer to is like, how long does a proton live? We don't know. We don't know. We've never seen a proton decay. As far as we know, protons are stable. Like That is, you have a proton floating out in the middle of empty space, it will stay there forever as far as we know. Meaning, uh, so protons are made out of quarks, and so these, th like the three quarks inside of a proton, just like never ever uh, split off on their own. We've never seen it happen, yeah. And oh. so we think that a proton lives at least billions of years, but you know, it could be that its lifetime is only a hundred billion years or five hundred billion years, and then it decays. 
And so it could be that all the protons in the universe eventually decay. And into uh, quarks or smaller particles. Yeah, exactly. Into quarks or other arrangements. There could be a new arrangement that they decay into, something else we haven't seen before. But if everything was in a black hole, uh, and then these black holes evaporate from Hawking radiation, that Hawking radiation, does that include like protons? Or is it only like, um, you know, like photons and gamma rays and things like that? That's a good question. I'm pretty far outside my area of expertise, but my understanding is that it can, inclu- it can include any kind of particle because black holes are very democratic when it comes to particle yeah. physics. Uh-huh. They, they can create any kind of particle because we're talking about the creation of virtual particles, which means mm. it can, any kind of particle that can be created would be created. But I think predominantly with the lighter particles because those, those dominate for, for these oh, virtual processes. Well, this is a perfect point to take a break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place, full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. 
So now we went from hot plasma to stars and planets to rocks floating around in the dark to black holes. And now all these black holes have evaporated and now we're in like in the sea of particles. Yeah, exactly. We're well out of our comfort range here because we're extrapolating our knowledge into the zillion year future. And, you know, we don't have enough information to confidently say what happens to a black hole after it's been alive for a zillion years or how long does a proton survive and can it really decay into something else? And so we really don't know. Mm. Um, And that's a really fascinating question is how long can we apply the laws of physics for? Like, Are they stable? You know, do they are they the same forever? Uh, we think they've been the same for the last few billion years, but it could be that they change on the time scale of a trillion years and we wow. just haven't noticed. So even like the rules of the game, you're saying, could change. Exactly. And there's one really fascinating, slightly scary scenario that I love that people thought about a lot since the discovery of the Higgs boson. Mm-hmm. And that's that the, the, all the rules of physics could change and they could change kind of suddenly. What do you mean? Like the, the rules that uh, tell you how things are might suddenly change for everywhere in the universe at the same time. It wouldn't be all everywhere at the same time, but it could happen all of a sudden um, Mm. in one moment and then spread. So let me tell you how that might happen. Okay. Um, The way the Higgs boson works, it gives mass to other particles, and it does so by filling the whole universe with this thing called the Higgs field. And if you want to know Mm. more about that, listen to our episode on the Higgs field. But the basic idea is that the Higgs field has energy even in empty space, right? There's nothing there. In the, no matter or nothing happening in a, in a cube of space, but there's still the Higgs field there. It has non-zero energy. And that's what gives things mass, interacting with this, this field that has non-zero energy, even when it's empty. Mm-hmm. Okay, But what we don't know is, is that field itself stable? Like, is it stuck in some local minimum? You know, is it like caught on a ledge somewhere and it just got stuck and it's going to roll out and find a more comfortable, relaxed configuration where it has zero energy? Is that, is that temporary that it has this amount of energy stuck into it? Or is it permanent? And there are a lot of theories in particle physics that suggest that it might be temporary. And then it might also be kind of fragile. And then if the right thing happens, you could shatter that field or disturb it and perturb it and break it. And so that it could collapse. And that collapse could spread very rapidly. Oh, my God. Not that I'm saying that the Large Hadron Collider is going to destroy the whole universe. (laughs) I'm not saying that, people. I'm very definitely not saying that. But? But there are some physics theories in which the Higgs vacuum, this lowest energy state, is not stable. And it could collapse into a true vacuum, which would mean there's no Higgs field, which means no particles have mass, which means everything changes, right? The, the very laws of physics would be totally different if the Higgs field was different. And the universe as we know it would like suddenly like turn into something else. Turn into something else, yeah. I mean, all of chemistry relies on the structure of the periodic table, which relies on the masses of the particles that make up the atoms, and that would all be different. And the yes. new universe with the, with the zero Higgs vacuum would also probably be fascinating and beautiful and interesting, but it would be very different. And, you know, your Maserati would no longer work and your bank account would no longer be relevant. We wouldn't work. Yeah, exactly. We would not work. So yeah. what you're saying, I feel exactly. like you're saying like, hey, uh, don't worry about us. We're just doing physics here. We're not going to blow things up, but... <laughs> Well, you know, you can always say that, Jorge, you're just cartooning in your garage, <laughs> right? You're not intending to destroy the universe with your cartoons, but... But I might draw something of such incredible beauty. <laughs> such comic power. <laughs> yes, it will collapse the laws of physics. 
You know, these theories about how the Higgs vacuum might be unstable, these are just ideas people have, and it's fun to think about, and people write papers about how they might end the universe to be dramatic. Um, but I don't think anybody's serious. Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not worried at all that any particle physics experiment is going to destroy the Higgs vacuum and change the universe. Right, right. Keep sending those checks. <laughs> exactly. So Everything's you can tune fine. in next week to download another podcast episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, it is sort of kind of like knowing uh, when you're going to die, right? Like if you knew you were going to die in a week, you would live your life totally different. That's right. As opposed to if you knew you were going to live till you're 120, calmly, peacefully in bed, surrounded by your loved ones, you would change the way you make decisions every day, right? That's right. And I think that's what's reflecting in people's answers to our on-the-street interviews, that they were thinking more immediately, mm -hmm. what is the future of the human race? What is the future of my family? How is this all going to affect us? Yeah. Right. And it is totally possible that like my genes, what makes me who I am now, that might live on in my kids, my ancestors, and trillions of years from now, there could be a little piece of me like looking out at the sky and, and being like, why is it so dark? That's right. It's possible that humans live for a trillion years. It's absolutely possible. And yeah. so we should be concerned about the fate of the universe, not just because we're curious about how the story ends and it's fascinating mm -hmm. from a scientific point of view, but yeah, because it could be our home for the next trillion or two trillion yeah. years. Yeah. If things go well. Right. If people listen to this podcast. Yeah. Did I put your minds at ease or did I, did I unsettle you? A little bit. A little bit. I mean, I thought that this was far away into the future and I wouldn't have to worry about it. But now, like, the universe could end tomorrow. Yeah, so, you know, organize your finances and get your stuff in order. It's a yeah. good idea anyway. <laughs> Appreciate the bright period of the universe. That's right, yes. This early, beautiful, glamorous, starlit, star-filled period of the universe. Yeah. All right, thank you very much for joining us. This has been Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. And it's end. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.